Hi, friends. I'm Olivia. And I'm Katie. And we are Podcast by Proxy. Welcome. to our first full-length episode in the same room can you believe it no i can't and i feel like it gives a different vibe so i'm interested to see how different this episode really sounds yeah it's just a it's a different feel like we have a full face of makeup on for the first time yeah since covid started really or for me at least maybe not so much for you but 50 50 we did record some of ourselves putting makeup on this morning on Instagram Live. If you want to follow yeah. us on Instagram at Podcast My Proxy and check that out. Shout out to Chris. Also, Amber, happy birthday. Yeah. Because I'm sure it'll be around the time this releases. Two days after. Her birthday is on the Thursday. This is so weird. I don't know. I, I don't know how to ask. I know. It feels a little bit odd because... Today's case, let's just get into it because it's probably going to be a little chattier than normal, I think, because we're in person. Yeah. Just naturally. Probably. This one's kind of interesting in the sense that we have never done this type of case, I should say. Oh. Being that it is, um, sounds like a parasite, but it's not. It's a parasite. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's a case about murder for hire. Oh. So it's really interesting and it's. Yeah, I was, it's not so much a spoiler alert, because this case is a roller coaster. This guy takes you on just, like, a little trip around the world, the prison. He goes on an adventure. Yeah, he's a lot. Okay. Yeah. I'm ready to spy yeah. over <laughs> There is a movie made about this case. It is I Love You, Hugs and Kisses, so if anyone wants to check that out, I believe it was under two other names, but that was the release name for the movie. Okay. I feel like we're in for a wild ride. Oh my goodness. We may need to both watch this movie tonight. Probably. So today we are going to talk about Peter Demeter. Okay. And when you look up his name, you're going to want to call him Peter Demeter. I wanted to call him Peter Dementor. Like from Harry Potter. There's no N in there though. I know, but I just can't get past it. Peter Demeter. Peter Demeter. How do you actually? Demeter. Oh, that's not as fun. I know. I went into it really hoping, but once I listened to a few interviews, podcasts, and like videos, I was sorely disappointed that we weren't going to get to call him that. That's devastating. Peter's born in Budapest, April 19th, 1933. Like Hungary? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. That's where we start. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry. I just like wasn't expecting that. You just said Budapest so casually, and I was like, like you know, in the country of old Budapest. Okay. <laughs> he immigrated to Canada in 1956 and really shortly became a fairly successful, I shouldn't say fairly, a very successful real estate land developer in Toronto. Oh, okay. Yeah. He did the damn thing. He did the damn thing. Okay. Yeah. He got the American dream, so to speak, in Canada. <laughs> the Canadian dream. The Canadian dream. Sure. Yes. So while here, and I actually believe they met while traveling, he married an Austrian model named Christine Ferrari in 1967. Okay. Also, why would you not take her last name if you're trying to be a big shot? Peter Ferrari. Yeah. Missed opportunity for sure. I know. For anyone who just heard that big sigh, that was neither of us. That was the dog. (laughs) I guess we're disturbing her. I don't know. Maybe we'll just wait a minute because now the cat's pooping. We are back. (laughs) We're back after that little break. So Riley had his segment. We decided to cut it from the episode. Yeah. But we're back to our regular scheduled programming where Peter and Christine have just gotten married. We don't know why he didn't take her last name. Peter Ferrari. Yeah. It sounds like from the beginning, they just never really got along that great. Like, it was always a strained marriage. They weren't ever really that compatible. It seems like it was a bit of a whirlwind, and they had, like, a great honeymoon phase. And then by that point, they had married really quickly and had a daughter. They named Andrea. 
but it was a super strained marriage. They were both known to have affairs. So they're both stepping out on the marriage. Outsiders said they never knew the reason, but they could tell that both of them were angry with each other frequently, like untrusting of one another, and just overall like soup suspicious. Okay, so that doesn't sound healthy. No, it's very distant and like hostile, which is just horrible. Yeah, I mean, we've said it on here before, but just get divorced. Yeah, I don't ever understand why people live in borderline dangerous situations. I understand there's a point where you can't leave. I I understand that entirely. But in this case, she was a very confident, very well-off woman. No one ever said she couldn't leave. Um, And I'm not blaming her. But I think they both had the means to walk away and were both too stubborn to do it. My dog's growling at my cat now because she has a beef chew. Leave the damn dog alone. Oh my god, he's nowhere near her, is she? Yeah, she's such an asshole. She's so dramatic. No, I more meant, like, just if you're both miserable and you both don't like each other, just get divorced. Yeah, both these people were very money-driven, though, mm. and I think that a divorce Real would expensive. Been, a, bad for image, B, yes, very expensive. Between yeah. just, like, the overall costs and then the affairs... There was just a lot of resentment against each other. They didn't really like each other, it sounded like. Yeah. And at a certain point, it was more just a, the way they were because they had a child together. Okay. So it was saving face for the most part. Hmm. So we're going to pan to the crime. Step one. Real quick. The fact that his name is not pronounced Peter Demeter is a crime in itself. Oh, 100%. So, okay. 100%. The real crime, though, you mean. Yeah. So July 18th of 1973, so they were only married in 67, so six years later. Okay. And I believe, yeah, their daughter's three and a half at this time. Mm -hmm. Christine is found dead in the garage. Wow. Yes. Okay. The 32-year-old, as I said, with a three and a half-year-old daughter. Yeah. The family had gone on a shopping trip. They essentially come home, and what happens is, like, Peter drives them. On this little, like, beep, 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 beep trip, it sounds like. And so they, like, go to a store and come home. But it seems like he had staged this to look like she had fallen in the garage or had, like, had an incident with the rafters in the garage, essentially. And, like, she fell or something. Okay. That party really didn't put that much thought into because it really wasn't him. He just kind of said, like, take care of something. Okay. Sure. At the time, he's shopping. He's out with Sybil Brewer and her two kids, his goddaughter Vivica, and someone named Belzebub. They were going to the store because they wanted to buy moccasins, because that was like a touristy thing, I guess, and they were all in town visiting because they were family. I was going to say, who are these people? Yeah, they were like friends and family that were visiting, and the goddaughter Vivica, it sounded like she wanted to stay at home because she was like a teenager, so she wanted to like stay at home with the other like, woman, right. rather than going with the guy and the old lady shopping. But yet, he kind of, like, pushed for her to come because he said that he, like, needed help picking something out at the store. So she was like, ugh, okay. Yeah. So she was already just, like, in a mood, which I get. I mean, yeah, I didn't want to go to the store with my family on vacation when I was 13. I wanted to just hang out by myself. Yeah. I wanted to lay by the lake pool, comfy couch, anywhere. Age like 14, 15, 16 even. Don't talk to them. Yeah, I remember, and I'm sure it's the same for all teenagers, but I just don't talk to me. Leave me alone. I was so grumpy. Wow. I'm always grumpy. I'm I'm a lot nicer now than I was then, for sure. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just was like anti-social social club. So who finds her? Yeah, we're getting there. Goddaughter Vivica, they're going to the store because they have to go to Burke's to get a gift for Christine. Viv sees that Peter's on the phone at the store. And when I say on the phone, keep in mind there's absolutely no cell phones. He's literally on, like, the store's phone talking to Christine back at home. Oh, that's weird. And there's some other things you're going to be like, buddy, why are you trying so hard? He randomly hands the phone to Vivica... So that she can, like, hear Christine and Andrea, the baby, at home, or the toddler. And Andrea's on the phone kind of being like, 
hi daddy i want you to come home or like me and mommy want you to come home now like typical little kid yeah he's just kind of saying like oh i'm here she's at home it's just kind of setting more it's a little bit weird like, yeah yeah it's just very odd and the only reason why i'm kind of giving that away right now is because when i say the next two three things you're gonna be like fuck peter i guess it's the 70s so like if you need an alibi this is what you have to do <laughs> He then stops on the way home and picks up a newspaper. Oh. Guys, I got today's date. The paper? I got it. Don't worry. News? Picks up a newspaper. Yeah. Okay. Hey, guys, do you know what day it is today? Oh, really? Okay, I got to stop and grab a newspaper. It's a very good way to throw the date out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember it was this date because you wanted to get a newspaper when you are like... Oh, okay. So, he then... Pulls the car into the home driveway. I don't know why I'm motioning this because we're in person too. It's like I'm acting this out like charades for you. Yeah. So they pull in to 14, I think that's 67. I can't read my own writing. Dundas Crescent. Oddly enough, he feels the need to then check his watch and he goes, oh, weird. It's such and such time. Just enough time for coffee. Stop. Also, like, who the... I mean, yes, I understand there's decaf people. Don't at me. But who makes that statement at night? I also just feel like it's just a weird statement to make. Yeah. Like, it would be one thing if you were like, oh, what time is it? You're like, oh, it's 9.30? Great, I can catch the 10 o'clock news. Yeah. That would be a normal statement. But, like, one of those things. Time for coffee. Like, no, not really. Don't get her on the phone. Pick up a newspaper. And then when you get to the house, before pushing the garage door button, be like, what time is it? The other thing I feel is, like, are you stalling? Maybe. Everywhere I read, there was no mention that, like, even though, again, we're getting to it, that the ass- assumption is that it was a murder for hire. Yeah. It wasn't home. Clearly, we know that. We get it. <laughs> we, yeah, we got it. But it doesn't have any indication that there was ever a signal to say that, okay, you can go home now. It's mm. clear. The garage door opens and, oh, no, everyone at the same time sees Christine on the driveway or in the garage floor. So she has blood around her. It looks like maybe she's, like, fallen and hit her head. We don't really know yet. So Christine's in a pool of blood. As soon as they open the garage door, I'm just setting the picture here, guys. Blood rolls down the driveway. Like, you think slight slant, those, like, little rubber seals at the bottom of the door. Blood rolls down the driveway. I'm just thinking how traumatizing this is for all the other people in the car. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Peter and Sybil, they, like, run in to check on her and notice that, well, where the fuck is Andrea? So they go inside and check. She's fine. She's just hanging out in the house. She was not intended to be any part of this plan, clearly. Like, it doesn't even really look like anyone went in and disturbed the house. Like, she never made it out of the garage or... Yeah, it's like it was always set up to happen there kind of thing, it seemed like. So maybe he gave him the opportunity to get into the garage, and so she heard something came out there and... Peter calls the police, calls 911, and he instantly is like, it looks like a suicide. It looks like she tried to maybe hang herself and fell, and he's giving all these, like, theories of his own. But he keeps coming back to, it's a suicide. It's a suicide. First responders show up, and kind of with that in the back of their mind, they pronounce her dead on the scene. Maybe she fell from the rafters. Who knows? She was home with a three-year-old at the time. What could she really have been doing, I guess? Although, suspicious... I feel like immediately telling operators that it was a suicide when you find your wife dead on the floor of the garage with, like, no super obvious right. signs of suicide is really weird. Who's launching themselves off the rafters in the garage to do that? Not just that. Um, I was thinking about it earlier. Oh, fuck, what was it? I don't think that you would jump to suicide. I think you'd be, like... Oh my god, something happened to my wife. I Maybe she fell. I don't know. Like I just don't think that would be your first theory to throw out there. Yeah, I mean, in some cases, of course, it may be. I just, it doesn't seem like that's the case in this situation. It is definitely suspicious. That's she all weird. we're saying. She weird. Yeah, that's all we're saying. Yeah. It's strange behavior. It gets weirder. Of course it does. It, yes, it always gets worse, but this one just gets weirder and weirder. Oops. Drop my phone. Drop my phone. Good thing you put that tough case back on. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe she'll from rafters, blah, 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 blah. So when her body is found, mm-hmm. her hands are under her chest. She has her nightgown on. Like, it's not flipped up or, like, she's fallen or it's not really that, like, disrupted. And police also say that when they looked over, her knickers weren't disrupted. And at the time, they were just saying they didn't believe anyone had broken in and assaulted her. Sure. Is what they were saying. Okay. Which is fair. So she had a bunch of small bruises all over her body as well. Like, they were just kind of inexplicable. Maybe from a struggle. Who knows? But they didn't really even take it into account at the time. They were like, well, yeah, she's got some bruises. That sucks. Not that she could have been attacked. And trigger warning for this next part. There was also brain matter leaking out onto the floor. Oh. I said trigger warning. I mean, yeah, I just... Brain juice. Yeah. Squeege. Yuck. Okay. So... Eek! There was even blood splatter on Peter's prized 73 Cadillac. Oh, no. The interesting part is when they looked closer, they realized that, wow, Christine's been really bonked like six or seven times. Not by herself, by the way. Not by herself, no. Nor do you, just like people who are shot. People don't frequently shoot themselves the second time if it doesn't work the first time. I mean, the same sitting. Christine, just to give a little bit about her, she was an only child. She was brought up in a church education. Her first husband's name was Herbert Hunlinger, or Hunling. I don't know, it's... I was, like, giggling every time I read it. He must have been a looker if she was like, damn, that's Herbert Hunling. I mean, Peter Demeter, so. Peter Demeter, yeah, she's got a thing with names. (laughs) She started modeling, and their relationship got really rocky, so she divorced. Yeah, she moved on. She went to work in the fashion industry. She got really into modeling, and she ended up going to Vienna, where she met Gunter. I believe is how you pronounce it. Not Gunther. Gunther. He proposed and she declined because he was claim not passionate enough. Okay. I mean, get it, honestly. Yeah. Know what you want. In 67, just before she meets Peter, she is introduced to Franz Antel, who's a filmmaker and he makes German rom-coms. So they casually dated a little bit. Okay. They were an item. She and she was- says Peter? Right? So this is what she said. When she was introduced to Peter in February of 67, she noticed how confident he was that he had money and not necessarily just in the sense that like, oh shit, this guy's got money, but it was more that he could make money and he was smart and he could... Okay. I wouldn't... Yeah, I guess kind of like a businessman, but more like he could sell himself. And also the fact that he had access to a lot of people and things because he was well known in... Like, the real estate industry, too, and land development, which I get. That's a big industry. You meet a lot of people. Yeah. Christine was smitten right away. She spoke no English when they met, but he was really smitten by her because she spoke German, French, and Italian already. So he's like, oh, she'll pick up English, no problem. She's clearly good with languages. And he spoke at least one of those languages, I'm assuming? Well, he was born in Hungary. Hungary, So, yeah, he would at least speak English and... Hungarian? Hungarian. Is that what they're... Is that what they speak? I believe so. Hey, Google, what language is in Budapest? Hungarian. So, when Peter was little, he was fairly traumatized. uh, And this could play into it because he... Sorry, I didn't understand. No. 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 As I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted, (laughs) Peter survived a bombing with his mom and I believe his sisters and his brother at the time. His dad, unfortunately, didn't make it out of the bombing and his brother was shot a few years later. At the time, Hungary was under Soviet rule, so it was a lot of war, a lot of poverty. Okay. A really difficult time to be growing up in that country. Yeah. He was sent to live in the country outside of the main town at the time with his family because out there it was pretty isolated and you were a lot safer. So he went out to the country. He was not happy about that. And then in 1954, he became a truck driver. So that's kind of how he got away and started getting like really well traveled and learning a lot. So he was drafted to the military two years later. He was sent to doing manual labor because he was sought as like rich and well off and preppy. 
they were like, before you can join the military, you got to really know what it's like to be a man. You got to do, you got to get some dirt under those nails. You got to do man, you got to do those blue jobs. Yeah, so they sent him to do manual labor because he was seen as a bougie. <laughs> manual labor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Precisely. <laughs> there he tried to escape twice and failed both times. He was caught and brought back. Oh, he really wasn't into that manual labor, hey? No, I, I don't really see the problem. Although, I don't know why, but I just got this vision of, like, the movie Holes. Oh, my God, yes, like, digging yeah. digging a hole and just trying to run like away. Like, those conditions. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was one of my favorite books and movies growing up. Oh, Shia LaBeouf, that was, like, his break. to love him just as much. Into movies, yeah. At this time, he gets on a boat and moves to Quebec once he's kind of freed and can get away from everything after his few years of being drafted. He goes and he's moving around, visiting places, and he goes to Austria to visit his sick mom. And he's kind of going back and forth between, like, America and Europe. Begins savings. He'll work any kind of job he can. And in 1962, he invested $20,000, which at the time I'm sure was a fuckload of money. Yeah. Into an apartment with other oh, people, wow, which okay. sounds really smart. Yeah. But, like, where do you get $20,000? Even if you're saving, that would take so long back then. Yeah. yeah. Depends. It really depends, like, how he's making money and if he's smart enough with it. But, yeah. Yeah. But this is kind of why he's going back and forth. Because, like, his mom's sick, so he has this life there that he's really committed to, trying to take care of her and visit her and spend time with her. And then he's in America trying to – or, sorry, in Canada – trying to you're really set on him living that american dream i know eh? i don't know why i think just because he's a piece of shit i just don't want him here <laughs> maybe that's i all. refuse to believe he was in canada yeah also and if anyone can hear that crackling in the background my dog's eating a beef chew so it's better than her just like continuously slow growling. growling in the background of us talking that's true i'd rather the beef chew fair 62 he's really getting into this like apartment share renting it out making return money kind of thing and in 63 his mom end up ends up passing away because she was quite oh, ill okay so it's very sad he proposed to a model that he was really obsessed with after this clearly just went off the deep end when he lost his mom he likes the model though yeah he does he does he saw her two times in person and proposed to her I think he was just needing, like, companionship, I'm assuming. Maybe he was really hurting for it. Then date. I know. Well, and it, she said no or was kind of like, um, hold, please. And so he started writing her, like, really desperate letters. Um, but Not a good look. She didn't really understand that he was so invested, I think, too. Like, the way he was coming across, it was just still kind of like a guy. So probably oh. hard to read because she was still using him as a booty call in the 70s. So I can imagine that's part of the reason why he was kind of like, oh, take me back. They met twice, didn't you say? Well, I mean, how can you even establish if you're using somebody as a booty call if you met two times? Well, it sounds like he proposed and she said no. So clearly you break up. Oh, but they, they kept, kept got faster. it. Okay. And I mean, he is a very big man. So maybe she just liked what she saw. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Totally. Peter lost it on his anniversary when he thought of all days she would be at home and they would be spending time together. But of all things, she went out with a different man on their anniversary, Oops. which just kind of sent him over the deep end. They probably didn't even think there was an anniversary to celebrate if she was just like, oh, we're just like casually, like if it's casual in her mind. Right? It's just so odd. Oh, Peter. They were married at City Hall when she was, like, 27 and a model. Like, she was living her life and building her career still. Yeah. So I also just don't think that they were at the same point in life when they got together. They got together because they liked what they saw and they had fun together, maybe. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it was a good fit for them. Well, he had money, honey, so. So did she, though, it sounds like. She wasn't hard up for money by any means. She went to, like, a well-to-do school, it seems like, run by the church. Mm -hmm. Unless church schools were a poor kid thing. No, I don't think so. I mean, I have no concept. I honestly have schooling. no idea. Okay. Anyway, back to the crime now that we kind of know, like, what happened. I just didn't want to give away too much about Peter before we knew. How we got here? How we got here. In the first place? For sure. Okay. 
Peter is strangely calm the whole time they were waiting for the medical responders or the first responders. He acted out like exactly what he thought happened while he was waiting for them too. So like to the people who are super traumatized, he's like, maybe this is what happened. And he's kind of like showing them with his body, like what he thinks happened. So he's like pretending to be her and like, maybe she fell like this. You have just immediately outed yourself in my opinion. Yeah. You're, like, coming up with your own stories and excuses and variations of what you totally. think might happen. Well, like... then when the police tried to talk to him about it, he literally said, there's been too much excitement tonight. Can we do questions tomorrow? Excitement? I, now, I understand if there's a language barrier, maybe, that excitement to him might just be, like, a lot of commotion. Sure. Like, a lot going on. Sure. I will say that. But... I... It sounds like he knows better, and that was just a slip of the tongue. Yeah, I mean, I guess I get that. There's a lot going on. You're, you show up at home and your wife is mysteriously dead in the garage and you don't immediately want to talk to police and do everything you can to help. Like, mm, I've had a big night. Maybe come back tomorrow. Oh, but get this. So cops are there. They're like, crime scening around, doing their thing. I guess a couple hours passed by. I didn't really say the exact amount of time, but it said they'd been there a while. And he literally looks at them and goes, like, so can you get her out of here? And then he tries to kind of play it off. Well, like, well, I don't want my daughter to see and blah, blah, blah. If we already know this is, like, 9 o'clock at night when you found her, so to speak, you should put your daughter to bed or have a family member take her or something, which is actually what they did. Like, her daughter's not just going to, like, waltz in the garage. Yeah, and, like, yes, that would be traumatizing and... at three years old. But there's other people there. And you have friends and family. And maybe a neighbor could take her for the night that you trust. I'm sure you have a babysitter that you trust. The you, like, the wording, can you get her out of here, is very, like, cold and, um, like, wanting to remove yourself from the situation. Like, you're not using yeah. her name. You're very much just, like, it's distancing yourself from the crime. So, it's not how you, I don't know. I guess you did say that they were not happy beforehand so I guess maybe he wouldn't be like super devastated if his wife died I'm just saying like you're just not making yourself look much better no not at all he's just super evasive and rude during the whole process um and then later on the police find out in the process of like starting to interview him that they both had a one million dollar life insurance policy on each other oh my goodness and in the 70s that's a lot of money yeah you got to be worth a lot. A million dollars will barely buy you a house here now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yes, that was a lot of money in the 70s. And keep in mind that Peter's also been having affairs this entire time. He's been on the sly seeing another model. Of course he was. Yeah, named Marina. Okay. And actually, the night when he found out that Christine went out with another man, he got so upset that he, like, apparently choked Marina out or whatever. Oh. Yeah. Police automatically, after this, are like, okay, Christine was killed. She didn't die of any other cause on the list. And Peter was somehow involved, but we don't know how, but we're going to figure it out because... He's acting a fool? Like, within 48 hours, they're like, what is this guy's deal? Um, I just wanted to update everyone and let you know that a million dollars in 1970 is equivalent in purchasing power to about 7.2 mil today. Wow. So. Okay. Yeah. Inflation is cray cray. Mm-hmm. Oats my goats. A friend of Peter's approaches police and says, okay, I got some deets. I'm going to tell you a few things. My buddy has been telling me for a long time and kind of I just didn't really believe him that he just said like he wanted to get someone killed. It just made it seem like it wasn't very serious in the sense that he was, I don't know, just everyone's not being like, oh yeah, I'd love to take them out kind of thing. Like it just maybe wasn't so serious. I couldn't yeah, find like fair. how the statements were made. This was a friend that helped Peter get a job after he came out of the military. So like they've been friends for quite a few years at this point. I think people make statements, like, to that effect in a joking way sometimes. And, you know, I mean, I try not to because I've just learned the power of words. But, you know, like, I'm going to kill them or Or how often whatever. do you go, like, oh, kill me now? I don't really want anyone to kill me. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Or, like, you know, when 
your boyfriend doesn't do something you want to, you're like, oh, I could just kill him. And you probably wouldn't immediately assume that your friend who you've known for a long time is being serious about wanting exactly. to take someone out. Like, yeah, they've been friends years. You probably yeah. assume that they're just joking around, just joshing. I would now, because I've been hosting a true crime podcast for over six months. Oh, yeah, months. I'd be like, beep, beep, beep. But, uh, you know, the average Joe, probably not going to raise too many alarm bells. And we were just talking about this earlier, off when we were out driving around. Yeah. It's really difficult to stand up and, like, say something. Yeah. It is. It really, really is. It's easy to just pretend you didn't see something or hear something. Yeah. It is. Yep. So. <laughs> Peter's saying to him, like, you know, I've got this person I want killed. Blah, blah, blah. Super weird. Super cash. Yeah. It's very odd. It just doesn't really make that much sense. In 1970, Saba finally finds out that the person he wanted to get murdered is Christine. He lets it slip. Now I would be like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> I'd have more questions. So Saba didn't like talking about this more than anything. So every time that like it would come up, whether it was jokingly or serious, he would just change the subject right away. It made him uncomfortable, I think. So... And why is that coming up so often? Do you want, are you trying to get caught? I'm not yeah. asking killers to be smarter because ultimately, yes, be I, I, sure. I want you to, to get caught. So continue to be stupid. But like, this doesn't make any sense to me. No. And the, this is how you will feel this entire case. That's why I laughed when I was researching this at some point. I think it just goes like, to show that, you like, know. Who did you think you were? Either. Yeah. Are. He's just so arrogant that he doesn't think he's ever going to get caught. Saba's like connected all the dots. Click, click, click. All these things are coming together. So now he goes to the police and goes like, holy crap, I have information that'll help. Peter had been saying he wanted to hire someone to kill his wife. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sure there's a lot more of that, but that's all they told me. Mostly blah, blah, blah. Mostly blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think wires in the 70s probably weren't that great. So That's fair. So they get him to wear a wire. He agrees to wear it to the funeral where he gets to have a conversation with Peter and Peter actually does talk to him about offering to pay his legal fees and whatnot if he, like, helps him out. And he's an ally to him throughout the court proceedings without knowing, again, that the police have already gotten to him. He's already gone to the police. It's really crazy because immediately he's trying to get him on his side to lie for him. Peter is arrogant. Oh, without a doubt. This guy is a douche canoe. Yeah. 100%. Like, your head is so inflated. It's insane. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So immediately they move in and arrest Peter because they're actually really worried that he's going to flee the country. Yeah. Because he does have citizenship somewhere else. Mm -hmm. He has resources. And he has actually been known to be sending money back to people in Hungary that are, like, less than ideal people, so to speak. And this is pre-9-11. Yeah, it's easy to just up it's and run. easy to hop on a plane, go to another country, and have absolutely no record or, like, trace of it. Because all you do is buy a ticket. There was no passports. Mm -hmm. There is no, like, no fly lists and things like that. Like, it was really just a free-for-all. Where you want to go? Okay. Yeah. Right. It's a very different world today. Mm-hmm. In terms of, like, leaving the country and returning. Yeah, Totally. Which I'm glad for. Yeah. It's frustrating when you're in a rush, but you shouldn't be in a rush at the airport, you know. Yeah. Who am I talking I, I never travel. Sending money to all these shady people. There's no murder weapon found, although we know she's been hit multiple times now. Peter gets arrested on, or he goes to trial and is arrested very close together at this time because, again, they just want to, like, bing, bang, boom this guy to keep him in prison. So they arrest him in August 17th, 1973, and they charge him with non-capital murder. So the death penalty is off the table because it's not a first degree. He's not, he didn't directly do it. However, right. they're calling it non-capital so that he's Ill, still eligible for life in prison. Sure. So not a manslaughter or something like that. Okay. His lawyers were Greenspan and Palmerant, I believe is how you say it. And Palmerant was later charged with taking $500,000 from a drug dealer client of his. So he's a real stand-up guy. Although the other guy was quite, like, renowned. So. Shady. 50-50. A year after that, they officially start the, like, true trial. Yeah. So he's been charged. They start the real trial. Saba testifies against him at this time. And they find letters back from July 9th of 73 from Marina. 
that prove that he was in a full-blown affair and that he did have plans of a life like with yeah. her they send notes with statements like i'll await your arrival like like a child awaits christmas <laughs> yeah weird and that was eight days before christine died eight days come on guys so peter admitted to trying to hire someone called the duck but it was in hungary so it was like it was really cool sounding hey google <laughs> what is the duck in hungarian in hungarian that's a gotcha. Uh-huh. There it is. A local boxer came forward, stated that Christine had actually approached him, and his name was Joseph Denardo, and he was offered 10000 to either kill or break Peter's arms and legs. No way! The thing is, Christine was more leaning towards, like, just, like, maiming him, not killing him. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. So it turns out this was a two-way street. It was really just who could get it done first. Okay. So it doesn't seem like Christine was all that surprised. Also, this was not Peter's first attempt at getting her killed. So they did not... That's why I didn't tell you earlier why they wouldn't divorce. It's all about money. It's all about the life insurance policies, and they just decided to... They have to outlive each other. Like, play Russian roulette, who can get me first. Yeah, but if they divorce, there's no life insurance. So they refuse to get divorced. They have just set out to have each other killed. Do you think they knew? Oh, yeah. (sighs) I think they hated each other enough that it seems like, from what I was reading, that they both knew. Oh, my gosh. Seriously? But it seemed like Christine was aware that he had previously tried to have her killed. And maybe that's why she approached the boxer. But it does seem like they both approached people on their own accord. My face right now. Okay. That's right. This is why I don't date guys for money. I was going to say, please finish that sentence because you're dating a guy right now. Well, I was going to say, like, I don't date guys. I was going to say why I don't date guys money. with money. And I feel like that's not an accurate statement because like you can have money and not be a douche canoe. Totes. So I changed it to like why I date people for their money because like oh, money is so, it makes people so ugly. Mm-hmm. Peter had one of the longest trials in Canadian history. Ugh. It lasted... <laughs> Peter did not testify, and it still lasted 11 weeks of trial. The jury found him guilty of hiring someone. There was enough evidence to prove that, yes, he did, in fact, have involvement in that method. And he did... Oh, my God, this is just how much of a dick he is. Because he went to prison for having her killed, he wasn't eligible to get her life insurance. Great. Fair. He decided to sue the life insurance company because they refused to pay him out her policy. Denied? Why Why would but anyone accept that lawsuit? They wouldn't, but why would he even think that that would be even remotely accepted? Again, this guy has zero concept. And through, I'll just say it now because it's like two seconds away. Throughout all the court proceedings and all like the testing that was done on him, they did find that he was a, like, severe sociopath. Yeah. Which anyone so. already knew, but at least it was nice for them to be like, no, 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 it, you are. Yeah. You, like, let's make sure we keep factor that in. This guy's narcissism is like... Keeping him in. <laughs> it's so high. It knows no bounds. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he gets treated to... Or treated. <laughs> after you. <laughs> to life. Yeah, okay. But after 10 years of good behavior, he gets to move to a halfway house. Peter's cousin has Andrea, his daughter, still. He's her legal guardian. This cousin was also his lawyer in a in the life insurance policy case. Okay. So he owed him legal fees, and this cousin had access to Peter's finances because it kind of seemed like he was acting as power of attorney while he was in there, okay. which is fair. He's his lawyer at the time. And this cousin decided to pay himself $60,000 in legal fees out of Peter's finances. So Peter came out $60 or $60,000 poorer and he was pissed. Pissed. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does this get worse? Oh yeah. 
I have like two and a half pages left. Oh, Peter. So, Shoot. Peter's in a halfway house. Andrea's, for all intents and purposes, living a great normal life as she can with this person. Okay. Keep in mind, she was three and a half when I had him, so she's 13 and a half yeah. now. She's pretty acclimatized to her new life, I would hope. Peter and a few other inmates, specifically Tony Preston, was offered, he pay, offered Tony Preston $8,000 to burn down his house so that he would get the insurance money from the house. Yeah. Peter is just but, desperate for this. He just wants insurance okay. money. But, like, it sounds like Tony later just reveals what was happening and then also lets it slip, though, that it was part of a bigger plan. He just needed that $8,000 because he was going to get a hit for someone to kidnap and kill Stephen, who's the cousin, like the lawyer yeah. cousin, and his adult son. He is just wanting to pay off people to just do his dirty work. Yeah. He doesn't even want to do it himself. Right? And when things proved kind of difficult, he did stockpile pills from his daily medication and kill himself, but clearly wasn't successful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So now he has to go back to court because he has to go on these arson charges because they know that he was hiring someone to do it. So he's back in court. Great. He has two concurrent life sentences for this because they are attempted murder. And there's proof. Yeah. We have enough proof this time. The judge noted similarity similarities to how he went about, or they think he went about, Christine's crime. And it just kind of, like, helped them prove why he's in prison and be like, you're a piece of shit. We just validated why you're in there. Like, maybe we'll just keep you there this time. Right? You don't need to come out. No, we don't need you. Not at all. So, while living in the halfway house, he met a woman named Lisa Ross who had a nine-year-old daughter. So Lisa Ross testified in his defense because she was, like, kind of a fan of his, I guess. She's gross. A fan? Or, like, did they make friends? Well, it sounds like they made friends. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe... Because where did they meet? Uh when he was in the halfway house, so probably yeah, so the community. he probably was out and about doing like so. Maybe he things. was probably just not being fully honest, and I don't maybe know why you're defending you know, this guy. I'm just saying, I'm defending her, not her for maybe he wasn't being honest about who he was, and she made a friend. Okay. I'm not defending him. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I'm going to now anyway. Um, in court, the Pomerant guy, his uh, lawyer, the shitty one. He tried to speak ill about his friend Saba that was testifying against him, obviously, to yeah. like assassinate his character. And he said, quote, he is a chronic and hapless failure of a human. <laughs> wow. And from what I read, that guy was, he wasn't the best, but he didn't do anything wrong either. He was just like an average guy. <laughs> he's literally just living his life. Yeah. Yeah. Going about his business, thinking he's doing the right thing, telling on someone. Oh, you gosh. are. You were doing the right thing. Yeah. So she felt like she wanted to work really hard to impress him because she frequently heard from him that he could get better looking women. He's been with better looking women. He would just talk like that to her. Yeah. So she felt like she had to make up for what she lacked in looks to stay with him or near him or whatever. She kind of had to make up for it in like scheming with him, helping him physically, just making up for it in other areas. Yeah, okay. But it's just really sad that she even was on record. Well, I knew he didn't find me that pretty, so I had to make up for it somehow. Yeah. No, you don't. Be with someone who finds you beautiful. Throughout this, he racks up another $45,000 in legal fees. And, yeah. This guy's a train wreck. Yeah. And he had a new lawyer, obviously, because no one's going to take him back. Yeah. And her name was Toby. And she's a mother of three. He didn't pay her because he has no money. So she decided to freeze 7500 of his shares so they couldn't continue to make income for him, accrue income for yeah. him. So he decided that he was going to try and hire someone to kidnap her kid. So He, he just was... doesn't quit. No. So he reaches up to someone named Nasty Mike or the Doberman Pincher. And I would also like to know why he has so many hitmen on speed Like, try, dial. try again, though, buddy. Like, what, where'd you get this perseverance? Yeah, no, really. And yes. Why do you have so why many do you different hitmen? Book? Well, I mean, he's in prison, so I think he's just reaching out to people he met in prison that had done similar things. I bet you he was in prison being like, hey, you know a guy? Hey. Just hey. popping out from behind You know a guy? Corners. Hey there. Filling up my roster. Hey there. You know a guy? You in for murder? 
<laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah, it was excessive. Heaviness. How this was supposed to happen is Lisa, the woman on the outside, was going to kind of like set it up with Mike and get him the money and the directions and I guess like a picture of the woman and stuff. Oh. And then... Can I just say I don't defend Lisa anymore. She's totally in on it. Yeah, I know. That's why earlier I was like, why are you defending these people? Just hold up a second. Yeah. I take so, it back. Yeah. Once this whole plan was in motion, I guess Lisa was supposed to deliver a letter to Mike, like a last letter that would expedite the process and everything because it would be like, okay, now kind of thing. And she didn't get that letter to him. So it just like didn't happen. It seems like she just panicked and was like, I just didn't know if I could actually do it. Like yeah. it can be an active participant. So although she's not like the worst of the worst, she was still going to do it. And the fact that you were like in on that plan to begin with you weren't like whoa guys that's that's too harsh yeah I, yeah i'm I not in a kill for higher plan murder for higher plan so <laughs> that's where i draw the line those yeah. are my personal boundaries same nasty mike was originally from the uk so he's just beep boop extradited right away they took him back it's so 1985 Lisa gets a call by a friend of Demeter's, and his name is Win Stanley. This is so fucking weird. He's now the one that's going to try to help out on this plan. So July 28th, he asks, Peter asks if he would be willing to reach out to Toby, the new lawyer, and offer to, like, take one of her kids on vacation, which is, like, first of all, what woman would let you take her kid on vacation randomly, not knowing who the fuck you are? There's so many problems and questions that I have about that. Yeah, Lisa stated that the vacay had a value of $25,000, which, no, this man doesn't technically have any access to his own money. Mm -hmm. So he can't be bartering with this money. Stop. Whatever. He planned, with the kidnapping of this child, that he was going to hold a $300,000 ransom, $30,000 of it was going to expenses and to pay the hitman off for, like, the yeah. rest. And then he wanted to use the rest of the money to run off with Ross and just, like, start a new life. Of course he did. To give you a few more details about the kidnap plan, because there was some deets about it, too. Two days uh, after this, like, accident or this letter is dropped off so he knows what to do, Mike is supposed to jaunt on over, steal Eliza, specifically, this one daughter, okay. take her 270 kilometers away, and... You know what? If they don't pay, just kill her. It's fine. Just kill her. So they said to get Eliza to sign notes, and they would have code messages in them. And if they didn't, like, get all these points met by the mom, then they would threaten to take the other two kids. This is a better hobby. A hundred percent. This is so much work and, like, intricate and planned out and, and thought out. Like, go play lawn bowling or something. And it's difficult because Lisa's a very active participant in all this at this point. Yeah. And at first she was charged as a co-conspirator, but because she was so helpful and, like, testified to the Crown and everything, too. Yeah. They were like, well, we kind of have to give you a break. So she got off pretty, pretty yeah. scot-free. We're just yeah. about done. After that, there's really not much about Lisa, to be honest. In 88, he goes to trial again because of these kidnapping plans. And he was already, I don't know, tried to kill his cousin and his son and his lawyer's kids. And well, maybe tried... just one, maybe three. Who knows? We're busy. This we guy's to do. only problem-solving method at this point is finding a hitman. Oh, yeah, it's to throw money at someone and kill them. That's yeah. it. That's like the... It's, it, you skipped so many steps in the problem-solving realm. Yeah, there's many a statement that talk about... And I will... I'm not going to quote them because, honestly, every podcast I listen to quoted the exact same two statements, and I really just don't want to do it. Fair. But uh, it was along the lines and does state the, these few words that he oozed with, like, negativity and evil kind of thing. Right. And there is a statement saying that instead of burning out, he only ever gets worse. Like, he never learns to stop. Yeah. He just steps up how many steps are in it and how twisted it is or how complicated it is or how much money he thinks he's going to get. It's almost like he thinks these are successes, so he's going bigger and bigger. The only good thing is that he's not very good at it. He's not. His success rate is not very high. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's we're yeah. thankful that it's not more people who, who are dead. 
True. Yeah. He's just not very great at what he's doing, and he also can't stop talking. True. They did make him put his DNA in the system because <laughs> technically... Well, I guess back then, technically, if it wasn't really, like, a violent crime that you didn't physically do... Wow. I don't know if you had to because it was... The judge was like, you have to put your DNA in the system. Specifically noted in multiple times right, that they yeah, ordered yeah. it specifically, so it just seemed like it wasn't included. It was part of his sentence. It wasn't in his all-inclusive stay. Yeah. So... But this piece of shit, like, never dies. He's had cancer three times. He's had a stroke and a heart attack while in prison. What? Yeah, he's literally had the trifecta. So yeah. you know where he's being housed? Uh, yeah, at a medium security facility in Bath, Ontario. Oh, okay. So he's quite a ways away. Yeah. It's like just west of Kingston, it said. And he has said he'll never get out. I, I believe I read that there were multiple years where he didn't even try for parole and he told them, don't even offer it to me. You know you're not going to give it to me. I'm just getting worse kind of oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, is it? It's either Bath Institution or Millhaven. Bath Institution. It's Bath. Yeah. And the murder of Christine was technically never caught because Peter really didn't do it. He had someone come into the home and kill her. Right. So whoever actually did it wasn't wasn't right. The hitman, hitman. quote unquote. Although they did suspect it was a Hungarian man named Emer Olenek, and they have it on record that he died in '75 anyway, so they can't really prove it now and it sucks because i think in the heat of the moment labeling it as a, as a suicide even if only for 48 hours how much dna or crime scene yeah. wasn't protected or monitored or collected which is really sad oh poor christine christine ferrari amazing name i know i hope that andrea got her mom's maiden name so she's yeah. andrea ferrari at least yeah me too that was wild but do you see what i mean why when i wasn't laughing because i was laughing at anyone in this story i was laughing at the fact that this guy just would not fucking give up yeah he did not like stop stop exactly just just stop Stop. that's so crazy well if you made it all the way to the end of that i we applaud you because this guy is insanity and uh thank you so much please return Follow us on Instagram at Podcast by Proxy. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Pod- Podcast. Apple Podcast. I apologize once more again for the beef chew, the growling, the cat, the barking. I hope this, you felt like you were on the couch life. with us on the big comfy couch. Yeah. And that's it. We're out. I'll call you soon. Okay. <gasps> okay. Bye. Bye. How do I stop this shit? I'll stop it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me.